Almighty God, flow. Flow now from heaven like a river across this nation with refreshment. Flow across our communities and across our lives. Lord, we desperately need a revival, a renewal. So as we open your word, Lord, speak into our hearts and lives that we might be transformed into the image of Jesus, and it's in his name that we pray this morning. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to Mark, the second chapter, as we continue a sermon series called Liquid Church. Liquid Church is based on Ezekiel chapter 47, as you saw there in the video, where the prophet Ezekiel had a vision of, from the Lord. And it was this, that at the house of the Lord, he saw a trickle of water coming over the threshold, and it began to flow away from the house of the Lord out into the community. And the farther that it went, the, the deeper that it got. And the, the fresh water went out to refresh the people, and that's what God has called us to be. As St. John, as the house of the Lord, he doesn't want us to stay bottled up here, but for us to be the liquid church flowing out, bringing the good news, the hope of the gospel to the world, the, the living water of Jesus Christ flowing. That's what liquid church means. And this morning, I wanna spend a few minutes looking at the topic of creative communication. Jesus was an innovative and creative communicator. For just a moment, I want you to imagine that we're in a time capsule and we've been taken back to the first century up in northern Israel. Up there, there's the Sea of Galilee. And so for just a moment, we're no longer here. And if you're watching online, we are now along the shores of the Sea of Galilee. It's the first century. Can you hear the sounds? the gentle breeze, the seagulls, the, the lapping of the water along the shoreline. People begin to gather on the hillside, families, as the anticipation grows that, that the rabbi is coming and we wanna go hear what he has to say. He teaches as those not like any that we've ever heard before. And so children are playing and running around and, and picking on each other and parents are trying to calm them down and as Jesus steps up to uh, the crowd he, he looks at the hillside and people begin to settle down and get quiet and he looks up with compassion and a smile and he begins to teach. Matthew chapter five, the Sermon on the Mount talks about Jesus was, was there teaching and if you read through the Sermon on the Mount it only takes about 12 minutes to, to read through it but in this message Jesus uses all kinds of different tactics and, and ways and, and, and communication styles. He, he asks 19 rhetorical questions in there. He, he gives 50 commands during this time, and he uses uh, metaphors that people in his day would recognize. He talks about the birds of the air and the, the flowers of the field and sowing and reaping, and the people there were just, they were just engaged as they listened to Jesus there on the hillside. Jesus was a creative communicator, and he's called us in the church today to use creativity to get his message out. We live in a day and a time when the world is, is in an unprecedented chaos right now, and he's given us as a church some unprecedented resources of technology 
and of creativity. And he's calling us to go and to use those to reach the next generation, the, the millennials, the, the Gen Zs, and all those that are, that are coming after. And, and if we don't, we risk going backwards and becoming irrelevant as a church and losing a generation. He says, I'm giving you these tools and I'm calling you to be creative, to use them. Listen to what Pastor Tim Lucas says. He wrote the book, Liquid Church, and he has a great quote that goes like this. He says, the church should be the most creative place on the planet because we serve the creator of the planet's. Imagine how creative God is, and, and that's his mind, and he's given it into our hearts. And so why do we need to get creative as a church? Barna did some research in, across America, and he found that 51% of people are saying that they're looking for something more from their church. That, that a lot of times it's our fault as a church that in the past we've grown boring and, and, and disconnected and people are, are looking for more connection and, and, and we've got to get into where they are. We live now in this, this culture called the TGIF culture. That's the, the Twitter, the, the Google, Instagram, Facebook. I mean, there's New platforms rolling out every day. My kids are on. I don't even know what they're doing and what they're on. It's like, wow, all this new technology. And we live in this culture that's no longer analog, which is just print media, but we're in this digital age where we're just bombarded with pictures and emojis and, and, and stuff is at our fingertips. And it's no longer uh, word of mouth. It's word of mouse. Now, you know, like we've got so much technology and that's how word is, is spreading and we live in a culture that where students are demanding a different teaching style. You know, the savvy teachers now recognize that, man, we got to get creative. we got to engage visually, kinetically, orally, to, if we're going to reach this new generation. Because the truth is that attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. I mean, you see this. It's like we're like bumblebees now, just everywhere. And we've got to... We've got to utilize things to grab the imagination of another generation with the gospel. That's why we do series here at the church. Every few months, our staff will meet and we talk about the sermon series. And first of all, we say, what are the felt needs that our congregation, what are we going through, the fears that people are in, where do we need to grow? And so we'll look at that and then we'll find a, a topic like liquid church or connected 3d and what we're doing is we're trying to take the timeless unchanging message of the bible and to cloak it in a new wine skin so to speak in biblical terms is we're trying to put a new wrapper around it but so we're standing on the word of god but we're making it appealing to a new generation why because we live in a netflix generation if you think about it people are will binge watch like a whole series and so series is what we do. And, and so it's easy to share with people and to, to tell people and, and to get the word out. And it grabs the imagination of people. Back in the day, our ancestors, they used stained glass windows to tell the stories of church. If you think about it, you look up, you saw the feeding of the 5,000 kids could use their imaginations while the, the pastor was droning on, you know, boring everyone. They could just daydream about the stories. But now, what are our screens? We have, we have the screens. We have the, the things in front of us. Our devices are the new stained glass windows, and God's calling us to use those to get his word out. And this morning, I want us to spend a few moments looking at what I call the creative communication equation. 
on the, your order of worship, it goes something like this if you want to fill these in. It's limited resources plus a willingness to fail plus increasing passion equals exponential innovation. And you're like, wait a second, that's a lot of big words. What are you talking about? We're going to break this thing down piece by piece and take a look at it and see what it, it means. And we're going to use this, this story in Mark chapter 2. And if you've grown up in church, it might be familiar to you. It's where the, the guys, they want to take their paralytic friend over to Jesus and get him into his presence. Mark chapter 2. They were going to use creative methods to help someone. Let's Look at the first question that they might have run up against when they were trying to get them to Jesus. The first question might be this. How do we respond when we have limited resources? I mean, they were asking it. We can ask that in our lives personally as we, we live. But let's listen to the text and starting in verse 1. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Let's stop right there. Imagine Jesus preaching the word. Here's the word, preaching the word. How amazing his teaching must have been and engaging. And, and some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by the four of them. So the four, they wanted to get their friend to to Jesus, and they could have easily focused on all of the limitations before them. I mean, think about it. They could have said, we don't have uh, transportation to get him over there. Like, I, we were gonna use my donkey, but I loaned it to my brother-in-law, and he ran it into a ditch, and it broke his leg, so we can't use that. And then, what about, like, we could try to get Jesus, I mean, to get him over there in front of Jesus, but who's to say that, that Jesus would even give us the time of day once we, he's so busy. Like, they could have focused on all the limitations, but they said, no, we're gonna, we're gonna go, we're gonna bring our friend to see Jesus. There's some churches and some church leaders, and, and you see this out there, that, that get so focused on the limitations that they get locked up. It could be this, oh, our church would grow only if we had a better location, if we were out on the highway somewhere and people could see us. Or how about this, y'all got the big givers over at your church, we don't have the money y'all have, or we don't have the talent that, that y'all have, and so we, you know, we're not a mega church like y'all. And so people begin to focus on the limitations and they can hold us back from trusting the Lord in faith and going forward with where he's calling us to. I love that this church, St. John, has always had a DNA of looking forward, of outside the box and moving ahead. I was talking to Paul Wagner the other day. He's one of our longtime members, and he was telling me about when the church, this church congregation started down on Main Street in Mansfield years ago. They were meeting in a temporary place, and they wanted a, a building place to eventually settle. They looked out here on Debbie Lane, and back in the, the late 80s, Debbie Lane out here was the worst street in this whole community. I mean, it was like this old asphalt road with potholes everywhere, tearing up your, your tires coming out here. And so they came out and they found this little piece of land that we're on now. And I, people were like, y'all are nuts. What are you doing? There's nothing out there but hay bales and cows. Like, what are y'all doing? And so eventually they started to build out here. And this piece of land that you're looking at there is where our current worship center is sitting right now. And that little part over there on the left is the sidewalk that comes from the 
the preschool and, and stopped right there. That was as far as it went. And then they saw the vision and they built this. But here's the truth. Back in the day, back when nobody could see it, they would come out, this small group of believers would come to this land and they would tip over the big hay bales and they would do a fall festival out here and they would dream about the day that they would have a building. And can you imagine like now those people, if you could show them, hey, look at where we are now. The, all the traffic, all the, the thousands of people within a stone's throw of this campus, they had the vision. Their, their DNA was to look ahead and to say, yeah, like we can't do it, but we know that you can do it. Are you paralyzed today with limitation as you look at your life? Maybe you're like, I want to serve the Lord, but I'm a single mom with three kids, and I, where, how am I going to do that? Maybe you say, I'm the only person in my workplace that's a believer in Christ. I, I want to, like the odds are, I, how can I even do this? And we focus on our limitations. And God is saying, though, I want you to realize that, that limited resources can become a, a, a testimony in our lives of his unlimited resources. As he says, I want you to lean into me in faith and watch what I can do. When you say, I can't, he says, oh, I can and so we need to say, you know what? We can because we can't, but he can. The next thing that we need to realize this morning, the next question that we need to ask is, do we have a willingness to fail in order to see people experience Jesus? A willingness to fail. Verse four of Mark two, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat that he was lying on. Man, imagine being in the scene. Here they are trying to get Jesus there and, and the, this one guy probably go, hey, let's take him up there and we'll dig through and lower him. And like some other guys had to go, Okay, let's try it. And so they get up there, and they were willing to, to fail. I mean, imagine they're digging through. That thing could have, like, given way, and the whole roof collapsed. The owner of the, the house could have come out, and they're like, what are y'all doing? You're tearing up my place. Get out of here. They could have been up there and been like, hey, the odds are too much against us. There's naysayers everywhere. They're doubting us. They're saying, oh, it'll never happen. Jesus will never pay attention to you. But they went ahead because they were passionate to get their friend to Jesus. They had a willingness to fail. And oftentimes, church leaders and us in our lives, we equate failure with missing God. But I want to turn that around today and give you something to think about that maybe failure is just the first step in finding the will of God. As you, as you fail and, and God says you've come to the end of yourself now, it's time for you to, to, to trust me. You know, we could live in, in the fear of failure a lot and, and that's going to keep us from taking a risk. To just to play it safe all the time. And maybe God's calling you out into the deep, out of the shallow end. He's saying, I want you to step into something that I'm calling you to go forward in faith because the Bible says this, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Failure. You think about one of the greatest characters in the New Testament, Simon Peter. Remember Peter? He was so great at what? Messing stuff up. He was a great guy. He had always getting getting into stuff over here. And like one day he's like with Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I love you so much. 
I will be by your side forever. I've got your back. I will never forsake you ever. Jesus kind of put arm around there, kind of grinning. Peter, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. And he says, oh, no, Lord, no, I would never. And then, like, the, turn the page, like what happened, like a few hours later, Peter's walking along, and somebody sees him and go, hey, weren't you with Jesus the Christ? Like, what, me? Oh, no, that wasn't me. Like, no, I saw you down at the seashore with this. No, that, you got, that was somebody else. But I saw you, like, at the synagogue. No, that wasn't cock-a-doodle-doo. And then it dawns on Peter. And who was it that God invited to speak as the main attraction on the day of Pentecost? Here's a man who had failed, and then he failed again, and then he failed again. And Jesus went to him and he said, Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. What a person to go and proclaim the forgiveness of God than none other than the man who had experienced such a powerful movement of the grace of God in his life. Wow. A willingness to fail, and God took him out of his failures, and he restored his life. Maybe you're in a season of failure right now, but I've come to tell you today that, that God says that, that failure is an event and not a person. I want you to hear this, that failure in your life was an event and it's not a person. That you might have failures in your life, but that doesn't have to define you. Your holy, your God today, he says that, that, that you are my child and, and, and I created you so I have the right to, to, to label you and I've called you my own and I love you. Oh my friend, you're not a failure. God loves you so desperately. The next thing we need to ask ourselves is, is our passion to see lives changed by Jesus, is our, that passion increasing or is it decreasing? You see, there's a monumental shift in our thinking to, to, to say we need to reach people for Jesus. And there's a shift, to, no, we say no, we, we have to reach people for Jesus. You see how the distance between these two over here? To say, we, we need to reach the next generation, the millennials, the Gen Xers for Jesus. No, no, we don't, we don't just want to. We, we have to reach this generation for Jesus Christ. And he's calling us and he's equipped us. And he says, I want you to live with the passion, with this increasing urgency to spread the, the good news. Maybe get outside the box just a little bit. I love Man, all throughout our history, there's been Christians and leaders who have been willing to, to like just get out of the box a little bit. And I love that Martin Luther was one of those guys that, that, that questioned the, the like formal religion. And like the Catholic Church was saying, we will dispense the word of God to you. You just listen to us. And Luther said, no. Hey, that more than ever, the, the common people need the word of God, the Bible in, the, in their hands. And so he, he translated the whole Bible into the German language. Can you imagine? Like people must have been going, dude, that's going to take you forever. Like get a life, man. Like who gave you the authority to go and like, you know, say you could. And he was, he, he got outside of the box. He was so, he had a desire to get the word out because he saw that, that people were dying and going to hell without Jesus. And he wanted to get the word out. And he got outside the box. There was four men who were willing to take a risk. They were willing to, to saw through somebody's roof to get their friend to Christ. Listen, 
to what the Bible says in verse five. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, those four men, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. What an interesting phrase there from Jesus. You would think like, here's a paralyzed guy, you'd think, you, he should say, rise and take up your bed. Well, he gets to that in a few minutes, but he starts with his heart. How tragic would it have been if the paralyzed man was raised up and he was healed physically and he walked out of the door of that house right into an eternity in hell separated from God. But Jesus says, no, not only am I going to heal you physically, I'm going to transform you spiritually. Son, your sins are forgiven. The good news for every one of us is that we were paralyzed in sin. We were laying there dead in our trespasses. We couldn't even move. We couldn't get up on our own. We couldn't do anything to impress the heart of God or Jesus. And he came and he says, your sins are forgiven. I want to restore your life. And I'm not just going to tell you. I'm going to show you. Jesus is not just a I tell you, he's a show you. And he says, I'm gonna show you by visually demonstrating my love on the cross. It's hard to look at. It's, it's gory. And it's just sometimes we can't even cast our eyes to think about the cross and what he went through. But he says, I want you to look because you're gonna see my love on full display right there. I didn't come just to tell you. I came to show you. I have an increasing passion, Jesus says, for you. And now that I've restored you, I want you to take that increasing passion and I want you to go and I want you to get a shovel and I want you to dig through any obstacle that's gonna keep anybody from coming to know me. Wow. And so this morning, the final part of this equation that we're looking at is exponential innovation. And the question is, how can we use exponential innovation to flood the world with the message of Jesus? I love it that God's always been about innovation, about creativity, and about trying to to get uh, his message out in ways that are so creative. And if we go all the way back to the Old Testament, to the book of Exodus, when God was setting up his Tabernacle, listen to what God said in Exodus 31. The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have, what, filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability, intelligence, with knowledge, and all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs to work in gold, silver, and bronze, and cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood, and work in every craft." Wow, isn't that neat that God tapped this man Bezalel to be like the first minister of creative arts in his tabernacle. He, he, it says he was filled with the Spirit. It wasn't that the priest was filled with the Spirit or the prophet first. It says that he tapped, and this is the first mention in Scripture of someone being filled with the Spirit, is this guy who's so creative. Why? God wanted his glory to be on display. God's glory in the visual, in the tapestries, in the gold, in the, in the artwork and so that that God would be revealed and his glory would abound. And so he taps this creative man. See, God's a creative God and he wants to use creative people to spread his gospel. So this morning, why is all this important that we talk about this? It's vital that if we're gonna reach that next generation, 
that as a church we talk about these things and we look and say, what has God blessed us with and how can we get outside the box? And so as you look at this church, you're seeing that, that we invested in some cameras and some, some technology where we're able to, to do online streaming, but we wanna continue to get better. If you listen to it, our audio mix, every week our team is back there, they're figuring out how to blend it where it'll sound better. We want the stage, we wanna to, to take a look at what can we do with some LED lights or maybe some textures up here to, when you see it on the screen, it just engages more of an audience visually. Why? So that we can pull them in. Here's the deal, we wanna reach more and more people with the gospel, so how do we do that? We gotta go to where the people are, and where are the people? They're online, they're on tablets, they're on their phones, they're out there watching YouTube, and so we're, we're gonna get in the marketplace, we're gonna take the gospel like the liquid church, we're gonna go out there, and we're gonna take it to them using creativity. Paul, the apostle, knew about innovation, and creativity in his day. Listen to how he carried out ministry in 1 Corinthians 9. It says, to the weak I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all means possible I might save some and I do this for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessings. He became all things to all people. He changed up his style, his tactic. He didn't change the, the timeless truth of the word of God, but he, he repackaged it and he, he, he communicated to the person, the audience in the way. And it, he didn't personally save them. The Holy Spirit was working through all of that in, in their hearts, but he was a part of it. And you can be a part of it too. And he's calling you. And so this morning, I wanna give you a call to action as a church. The first thing would be this, is as a church, I'm asking you to embrace and to support the vision that we've come up with. And when you see us start to, to build a studio, to do podcasts or shoot testimonial videos that you say, I'm gonna give that. And when you see us do, to looking for people to help with, with VBS and with our drive-through nativity and to, maybe you're a, a, a young person that can, that, that can edit videos and you just have the concept of how to do all that and lay music on that. We need you. We need the talent from the body of Christ to take the message out to the world. And so the second thing is personally, if you were a creative person, I'm calling on you to use your creative gifts for the cause of Christ and we want to know that. We, we, we can't know who's sitting out here, so do this for us, do this today. Take a moment to text the word creative to this number if that's you and you say, I wanna, I wanna step up and I don't even know yet, but I know I can run cameras. I know that I can help uh, with, with ideas on, and I just see uh, decor and I, I, I can see things and, and so this is my gift and, and I can't you know, teach a Bible class and I can't cook a meal for someone, but I, I've got this thing over here and so God has gifted me and so we need you. And so I'm gonna ask you to, to text us and let us get to know you so that we can plug you in in the ministry. Oh, my friend, God has positioned us in a, such a time as this with the resources that we have. So I wanna ask you, are you willing? Are you willing to saw through some roofs to get some people to, to Christ? Here's the truth, is that we don't just wanna see people come to Christ. We have to see people come to Christ. Church, let's rise up. Let's go be the liquid church. Let's flow out and bring the message of hope to a world that so desperately needs it. To God be the glory, amen.